Hello Canada, Tony here. Today's date is March 8th, 2020. So I was kind of holding on to the contents of my rant a little bit because I thought it was something that was not really enough to make a full rant on its own. But then it became so many little things that I decided I would combine it all into a rant instead of you know, making it a larger segment of of Tuesday's show. And just as a reminder for that, by the way, apologies we were unable to get a show to you last Tuesday, at least a full show, but hopefully you did enjoy Lewis's rant during the week. And so we will be recording the show Monday night, but unless uh, there's some any night owls out there, it usually is not published until late Monday night, so it's typically Tuesday before any of you will see our show, um, just in case you heard our latest trailer, which said our shows are on Tuesdays. Anyway, that all aside, I will begin my little tirade about, of all things, our federal government. And this is a very popular subject of rants on our show because, well, frankly, they invite it. They really do. I do want to start off, though, talking about a positive about our federal government. And we've never been afraid on this show to point out when, you know, Mr. Trudeau and the federal government actually do something well or do something right. And so following that tradition, um, the rare opportunity we get to give them any credit, I actually want to give them credit for their handling of this whole coronavirus hysteria. And to me, it is a hysteria. Now that I've done a little bit of research and you see the numbers that come out of, for example, Italy or, or South Korea or the United States now that they're starting to get uh, a few more cases of coronavirus, you're seeing now that the infection rate in uh, in Italy, in the United States, is actually lower, or I should say infection rate, I'm sorry. Um, let me say the mortality rate, the fatality rate, is actually lower for coronavirus than it is for the flu. And I know people won't believe that because of the hysteria that the media has been throwing at us, that this is going to be the next global pandemic. But we've got to just set the rhetoric aside, take a nice deep breath and understand that we have less than one quarter the rate of mortality from coronavirus when you compare the numbers to the flu. In Italy, the median age for infection of the coronavirus, that's just the people who catch it, the median age is 60. So when you look at that, okay, it's it's elderly who typically have other health conditions and whatnot. So honestly, the people who are healthy under 40 are often probably never going to get the coronavirus. But anyway, so the median age of 60 for those who catch the coronavirus and the median age for mortality in, in this is Northern Italy for those who are catching the coronavirus, I believe is like 81. So, I mean, we're talking about Again, elderly people or people with compromised or weakened immune systems. So it's not easy for young, healthy individuals, A, to catch the coronavirus or B, to die from it. And we as a society are quite happy to turn our nose up at flu shots every year, but the flu is actually deadlier than the coronavirus. All that stuff being said, now is where I want to give the federal government of Canada a lot of credit. 
And Mr. Trudeau has actually been criticized on a lot of different sides for not following the U.S. lead, uh, putting in travel bans and other countries, not just the U.S. A lot of countries have put in travel bans and restrictions and whatnot. And Mr. Trudeau has been criticized. And I honestly was on that, that bandwagon at first too, saying, well, why aren't you doing something? But now that I'm starting to see some numbers come out and now that I'm, I've actually taken some time to calm myself down and look at actual information and data, now that there's been some time, I want to say good for you, Mr. Trudeau, and good for you, uh, Monsieur Garneau, that you haven't jumped into the hysteria and you've decided to take a measured and level-headed approach to this and not institute travel bans, but, but monitor those who come in from infected areas and you know the whole quarantine option. And I'm, I'm, I'm actually speechless that I'm here praising the federal government as much as I am, but I'm, I actually want to give full props to our federal government for not overreacting with this and actually taking a very, in my opinion, intelligent and measured and rational approach in dealing with this whole COVID-19 outbreak. So you heard it here first. Here's Tony actually backing the federal government. But yep, I, I actually think the federal government got it right on this one. And I have to give them their props. And one more thing about coronavirus, and this has nothing to do with praising the federal government, because I'm done with that now. Believe me, there, there's more coming, and it's not going to be pleasant and, and sunshine and roses for the federal government. There are two strains of, of the coronavirus currently in circulation right now, and one has been identified as an S strain, another as the L strain. Now, apparently the S is the least harmful of the two, and apparently the S strain is one where where the people might not even know they had it and they get over it without either A, even becoming sick, or B, even realizing that that was what it was because they didn't really get that sick. The L strain apparently is the more deadly one, but it's also the one that's the best contained because that's the one that puts people in the hospitals. Then they get quarantined, then they get treated, and ideally they get better. Obviously, some don't. But thankfully, it's the most dangerous strain of the, the COVID-19 that's actually the one we're paying the most attention to because that's the one we're seeing in the hospitals. So let us hope it stays that way. Okay, now moving on to what I'm not so thrilled about about our federal government is... I'm just going to call it what it is, a blank check that they wrote out for five hereditary chiefs in northeastern British Columbia or northern British Columbia that have nothing to do with, I shouldn't say nothing to do, have little to do with the general will and wishes of the Wet'suwet'en people. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about the quote-unquote deal that Mr. Trudeau refuses to re- reveal any details about until the Wet'suwet'ens uh, get to vote on the deal. Why am I calling it a blank check? Because the whole reason behind the protest was the Coastal Link gas, line, gas pipeline. An LNG pipeline going to Kitimat, B.C. to become liquefied natural gas to ship to Asian markets. This is no secret because there's our economy has been crippled by rail barricades and now roadway barricades across the country for a better part of a month now. That coastal link pipeline is not part 
of this, this secretive deal that we're being told nothing about. Now, maybe I'm just some dumb hillbilly from the prairies, but I was under the impression that the negotiations that our government ministers went to Smithers, B.C. for was to get the barricade stopped and make certain that the coastal gas link pipeline was a go. But that's been left out of the equation. So now that pipeline's future is still in, up in the air. And given the current political climate in this country, that means it's probably due, due for cancellation any time. Now, I'd heard somebody talk about, and this is, on, this is more social media keyboard warriors, saying, oh, well, they could just reroute the pipeline. <laughs> if they reroute the pipeline, that means canceling the current project and starting all over again. And I'm sure that the environmental f activists out there, I'm trying to mince my words because I have lots of other nasty ways to describe the, the eco-activists. Anyway, um, so those environmental activists would love that because then they could either A, protest some more, you know, right from the beginning of a project again and delay it for another 10 years. Or it could just be canceled altogether and they win. And option B right now would be where it would go. So I'm really actually, I'm beside myself because I don't understand what the, what the deal is. And I mean, literally, what is the deal that the government has struck with Wet'suwet'en that is so secretive that we are not allowed to know what's in it? I mean, it's like the Obamacare debates in the U.S. 10 years ago plus. You got to pass it to find out what's in it. Well, that's kind of silly. We can't, how is it that we've agreed to a deal and once it's ratified by these five hereditary chiefs and whoever they decide to talk to is then the only time we can find out what's in that deal. I'm confused as heck and I'm not very happy that there are still blockades up and that there is rule of law is not being followed. And even Mr. Trudeau has suggested the rule of law needs to be followed. But his very own RCMP commissioner that he appointed has said, quote, enforcement is our last option. What the hell does that mean when you're a police officer? Enforcement is the last option. Uh, I'm going to leave that there so that I don't make this into an angry rant. Although, I mean, most of my rants are angry anyway. I guess you get that. But there's so much more, as, as we always say in this show. But there's more. It's like Vince from ShamWow. But there's more. And, of course, there is more in this case. What else has our federal government been up to that I'm just finding a little bit off? Well, and this is more of the Prime Minister's personal life I'm just curious about. But where has Sophie Gregoire Trudeau been lately? You know, Mr. Mr. Trudeau's wife? I seriously have not seen her make a public appearance since before the election in October, um, which was, you know, almost five months ago. And so it's probably been six months since I've seen her make a public appearance. So I'm just curious, where has Mrs. Trudeau been? There, is there something going on that we don't know about in that household? I just find it a little odd that she has always been by his side until just these last few months. So, um, uh, of course, rumors abound. And, you know, rumor, you hear rumors on social media that perhaps there's 
something going on between the two of them. But until I actually hear anything substantive, I'm not going to, to, to chip in one way or the other to support or deny any of those kind of rumors. But I'm just kind of curious, where has she been lately? And next, yes, I praise the Trudeau government for the COVID-19 response. But I, want, I do want to touch on the general performance of this government since October 21st because I'm really getting a little upset with their whole, well, even just their approach to governing. I mean, people have said that, oh, Mr. Trudeau has been doing a really good job. And I think to myself, well, actually, he pawned most of his duties off on Christopher Freeland, who I used to think was kind of a rock star until she, in my opinion, kind of blew the USMCA deal. So now I, that bloom has kind of come off her rose for me. But I don't feel like Mr. Trudeau has been doing a great job at all. I mean, I give him credit that he at least has been showing up for question period a little more often. But he still gives the same canned answers. And our economy is falling apart. We barely grew, like, what was it, 0.3% in the last quarter? And, well, our first quarter of 2020 is coming to an end pretty soon, and I have a funny feeling that's going to be negative growth, which would mean the start of a recession. And I feel like the government really has been almost, you know, cheering for a recession in that with all the resource projects have been canceled, Tech Frontier, for example, and Lewis and I had a very heated discussion about that one on our last full show a couple of weeks ago. So on general performance of this government, really since the, the October election, I really have a hard time giving them a good grade. So I'm going to close off my rant with that. There's probably a few more things I could go on about, but I think for right now, I'm just going to say that it's really difficult to give this government a lot of credit for anything. And I, uh, like I say, I will stand up and cheer for them with their response to COVID-19. But as far as actually governing this nation goes, our economy is grinding to a halt. They're doing very little to stop that. They have been spending us into oblivion for the last five years, and there's really no more deficit room left to try to stimulate an economy when... They've ground to a halt all of the industries that have kept our economy booming, or not booming, but at least moving for, well, decades. So there's really not a lot of positives that I can give to this government, and I try really hard to do that. But unfortunately, this government is failing Canadians, is failing Canadians horribly, and hugs and sunny ways are just not enough anymore. And unfortunately, what we really need is, and this was a part of Lewis's interview with MP Dan Albus, what we need is leadership. And what we have at the helm is someone who just sloughs off his duties. And that's that's not leadership. That's just that's just sloughing off and that can't be acceptable, especially in this current environment in Canada when leadership is needed now 
more than ever.